Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the K Golasso podcast. The Gold Cup coverage crew is back. Uh, U.S. men's national team legend Jimmy Conrad. I'm Heath Pierce, and uh, we're back to talk about uh, the U.S. playing against Canada in the final game of the group stages. Obviously, after Jimmy leaves, after the first half of the episode, we're going to be having Canadian men's national team legend Dwayne De Rosario joining me. He's got a new book out. He's also going to preview this match from the Canadian side. But for now, let's talk to Jimmy. Jimmy, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, if Dwayne doesn't dedicate at least a chapter to me because I was his teammate and really gave him the start, you know, uh, I'm going to be severely disappointed. But no, I'm excited that I'm getting bumped for a legend. He's a proper MLS legend, and I hope that he gets the respect that he deserves. He scored so many big goals, so clutch for so many different teams over the years and for Canada as well. So uh, really excited for Dwayne, and, and I wish him the very best as always. Yeah, so you know, I will find that out uh, and do. In due time. I don't. I don't want to have the two of you on at the same time because of the rivalry. Also, sure, sure. Mates. Also, if, if sure, it turns sure. out that he didn't make a chapter of the book, yeah. I don't want this to like, turn awkward. That could get awkward. That could get yeah. awkward. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But let's talk about uh, the the Gold Cup, right? We're going into the final round uh, mm-hmm. for the U.S. and Canada. Uh, both teams on six points. The implications of this for anybody who, who hasn't been paying attention or doesn't understand the tiebreaker so far is obviously points. Um, if you're tied on points, you then go to um, goal differential. Mm-hmm. And right now uh, they are even on goal differential uh, between the U.S. and Canada on plus six. And then the third, uh, the next uh, tiebreaker is goal scored, which Canada has scored more goals. So it it, it essentially leads to the U.S. needing to win this game, uh, from how I understand mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. how this works, I believe. I think I. Mm-hmm. I, I need no, you're to, right. I, and they I need, need to, to. Yeah, you win the group. You just avoid the bigger teams, which yeah. includes Mexico. You you don't want to play Mexico until the final. And I'm banking on that, everybody, because I want to be in Vegas on August first, the final. Everybody wants to be there, and you should come join us because Heath and I will probably find yeah. our way to Vegas. We always need a. You always need a reason to go to Vegas. I, I need that reason. I, I agree. And and Jimmy. Just so, you know, again, I want people to take a step back like three weeks to a month when the U.S. we thought may lose to Honduras in the semifinal of of the Nations League. Uh, there were moments in that game that could have gone either way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then and then when all we really wanted was a U.S.-Mexico final, right? That's no disrespect to Costa Rica, Honduras. They, 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 they played great, and I thought both of them had chances to, to actually reach a final. Um, but you wanted U.S.-Mexico. And in this case, too, for the Gold Cup, a different set of players in a lot of ways. Many, some of the same players from Mexico, many new looks from Mexico, a lot of new looks from the U.S., but you want a U.S.-Mexico final. Is that, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's well, I, I want it because it's a great test for our players. Uh, the, the pressure, the uh, the anticipation the expectation like building up for a mexico game is much different than any other game you're probably going to play in your whole entire life because there's just an extra piece of juice to it and 
you want your players to be subjected to that so that you can find out who can handle that type of adversity and who can't. So it's really important for their, especially as we're trying to decide how these players are going to help us moving forward, potentially in World Cup qualifying. And if they do well, and I'm looking at you, Daryl DK, being a World Cup starter, you know, in particular. So how, okay, it's one thing to do it against Martinique, where there's not a lot of pressure on the ball and you know, they're not as organized and they're clearly not as fit. They can't run and, and press the, the like a Mexico will. Uh, so, so it's important to get those types of games. I think Canada will give us that type of challenge this, mm-hmm. this on Sunday, because they are going to come with a little bit more. And yes, I know they don't have Jonathan David and they, I know they don't have Alfonso Davies and those are two big losses, but they're still whooping up on the teams that they should. And, and I think this is a Canada team that will qualify for the world cup for the first time since 1986. I think they have, that type of depth now to make that happen. And I also think when I, when I look at Panama, when I look at Honduras, when I look at Costa Rica, they're still holding on to that older generation and the younger generation hasn't really done well enough to kick out the older players. So they're in that transitional thing. And I think Canada can take advantage of that. So I'm just kind of getting ahead of myself in some ways, but these are massive games. We need our players to be subjected to as many massive games as possible, which is why we're all disappointed. We didn't qualify for the Olympics. It was another opportunity to see some of our top young players playing meaningful games with a lot of pressure. Yeah. And okay, Jimmy, I'm going to give you some, some parameters here, right? Cause I think it's, I think it's very hard to have you preview the U S without mentioning Canada, right. With, with, mm-hmm. with regard to the U S playing Canada. So feel free to dip in and out of, of, of the, the implications of, of where, where Canada have been so far in, in, in the group stages and, and players to watch out for. We'll leave the, the bulk of that for, for, for Dwayne, but, but for you was coming out of the Martinique game, seven changes, um, was, 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 was anybody super impressive to you? Did anybody stand out? Did anybody say I, I didn't start in the first game and I need to be starting from here on out? Uh, and Daryl, Daryl DK, hundred percent Daryl DK for me, I know it's Martinique and I want to add that caveat, but the things that he does, the way that he can, he can combine, he can get on the end of crosses. He can run in behind. He can beat people on the dribble. He can create a goal out of on his own. And we saw that with his second goal. I think it was supposed to be his third, but they gave an own goal for the second one. So, okay, take away the hat trick. by the way. Devastating. For sure. Yeah. But but his goal, I mean, yes, the, the first touch was maybe a bit of an accident, but he doesn't, he's still opportunistic enough to, to, to make something out of it. The second touch, third touch for the finish, world-class. We're talking about a, two world-class touches to put him in that position. Now, of course, Jossi Zardes comes on for him, and two minutes later, he scores a pretty pretty good goal himself. So, I kind of want to see. I mean, we set up in a three-four-one-two. It seemed like in yeah. this particular one. So I'd like to see Zardes and Daryl DK up top. We had Matthew Hoppy, who I thought did well in his first ever cap for the national team, whipped in a good cross for the first goal and put himself in good spots to make things happen. But Zardes and DK up top—that's that's something I want to see for the Canada game, and I hope that we get it. Now I don't know if we're going to see a lot of Roldan. I thought Busio looked pretty good. Williamson again, I thought looked pretty good. Uh, Shaq Moore still really busy up and down, and now with Reggie Cannon potentially out due to a hamstring issue. He might get a good run of games. This could be a good opportunity for Shaq, Shaq Moore to take that. I guess the big decision is, do we go with a back four or do we go with our a back three with our two wing backs? And, and yeah, I don't know. It's tough I, I, for, for I, me. I, the, Mar- the Martinique stuff. I don't, it, it's so hard to read into it. You win six, one, you know, when I look at the center backs, you and I look at that spot, right. Where we're very, uh, so almost hypercritical of that. But when you're on the ball and you can, you have so much time on the ball, you can make five different passes because you're not under any pressure. It's really hard to, to know what, what our center backs can and can't do. But I, you know, I'm impressed with James Sands. I mean, you still can only play the team that's in front of you, Heath, right? So you, you got to do what you can do. And I thought the guys were solid for the most part. Yeah. 
I, you know, I, I agree with that. I think, I think interestingly, I thought James Sands was, was really solid uh, today. I thought that the issue that they were running into was one, once they were two nil up, they kind of settled down and you saw a little mm-hmm. bit of arrogance come out of this team of just sort of like, Oh, let's kind of just relax a little bit into the game and not keep putting, I thought they pressed well, even when it was two nil, but in terms of their quality and possession and their intent with possession, I thought that dropped off. I thought Busio struggled a little bit at that uh, early on mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. half. I think it was, I think it was great again in this, in the second half, but a lot of that was because you know, Williamson and and Busio were sitting right on top of the back three, and right. there was nowhere for them to go, right? And and I don't think Robinson is a super great uh, on the dribble, like kind of driving out to be that first sort of uh, pass out of the back uh, to to break the first lines of pressure. Or uh, and Zimmerman's not great in the air, great on set pieces, but I don't think that's his forte. So with Sands mm-hmm, in the middle, mm-hmm. you do have a guy who's decent on the ball, but then you have two other players around him that are sort of clogging space. As soon as they started to open up and push those players higher up the field, I thought they were they were mm-hmm, much better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In terms of change, in in in, in terms of uh, you know players that I think should go back into the lineup, obviously I think we'll see Acosta come back in. I think we'll see Legette come back in. But then it's a matter of like, who do you keep? Do you keep Williamson on the field? I don't think they're going to put Yule back in because I think Busio or Williamson deserve to be in that in that sort of first three. Uh, I thought Roldan was a really solid worker, but felt disconnected at times because I know you had mm-hmm, said mm-hmm. three. Uh, three, four, one, two. Is that is that what you you had? That's what I think they they settled yeah. in, and I think yeah. I I predicted and, a similar lineup. And yeah. my, my thing was that a lot of times Roldan was was almost like a a three four three. Um, yeah, yeah. where they were missing that piece. Where sometimes you had Hoppy coming all the way back or DK coming back to get the ball, and there was certainly some good in, uh, entry balls and things like that. But it felt disconnected because Williamson and Busio, who are both used to coming back, getting it off the center back's feet, and being like, okay, spread out. We'll we'll make the play from here. Um, we're sitting on top of a Sands who's comfortable and it just uh, at, at times felt disjointed. And then I thought that there was a lot of sloppy passing that needs to be cleaned up. But in terms of bringing players back into the, into the squad, I would love to see Jossie Zard is up top with DK. Um, I think that's something really strong, even though they're, they're similar in a lot of ways. They're also, they're also different. I think Jossie Zard is and, 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 and DK can make the game predictable as well. As you mm-hmm. know, as, mm-hmm. as a center back, the best thing you can do is have two workhorses that at least in transition go, okay, I know that when I'm a center back or I'm a defender, I can release my my fullback. I can release my six or my eight to step further out. I know where the game becomes predictable because you at least you know you have that first guy that's not there to win the ball, but just make those uh, players on the ball put their head down or make them uncomfortable. And having guys like that that can be that first line, I think, is super important, especially uh, in, a, in a team that isn't training together much, right? They're, they're not getting a ton of time mm-hmm. together. So the more predictable the game can be, the better they're going to be and the better they're going to respond from that. Yeah, I would say just to get into the lineup, I think you go with Matt Turner again. I think he's been really solid. I think you give him that last group stage game and maybe you give him the whole tournament at that point. And it's unfortunate because I would like to see Sean Johnson. But if Sean Johnson didn't get this game against Martinique, then I think Matt Turner is going to kind of be the guy the rest of the way. I go with the back three. I'll stay with Miles Robinson, James Sands, Walker Zimmerman. I want to see more of that. I'll bring in Sam Vines for mm-hmm. Bello. Uh, I thought Bello was solid, but uh, let's bring Sammy Vines in. He scored his first goal against Haiti. Um, the, the Williamson Busio one, probably bring Acosta back in just to have a little bit more experience in the spine of the team. And then I'd say Williamson will probably have to make way for him because Busio does a little bit more going forward, though. I, I do like Williamson's game a lot. I still think he's underappreciated. I think Shaq Moore will stay as the other wing back. And then you bring Legette where rolled on was you bring in Zardis for Hoppy and you keep DK in. And I think you're cooking with some gas there. I really think yeah. that's a pretty strong team. I think you got a lot of experience in the middle of the team, the people that they're going to have, we're going to have to cope. Canada's going to have some possession. They're going to have some control over the game. So I'm curious to see, okay, we're going to press 
they're going to break that press. Then what? what? What is our team made of then? We're pinned back a little bit. And ha- it's less about the defensive side of it. I think that's almost the easier side because, yeah, whatever. You can get, you know, seven or eight guys back behind the ball and it's going to be hard to break down. But what do we do when we're trying to regain composure, right? We're trying to regain the flow and the transition. We're in charge because because there's there's some teams, we can name a few of them, that even when they don't have the ball, they're still in charge. Mm-hmm. And I don't when I see this team and obviously we've got a bunch of young guys and guys that are trying to prove themselves and it's going to feel disjointed at times, but some of my favorite teams are when the ones you can sense they're still in charge, even when they don't have the ball. And I'd love for us to start to adopt that type of identity all the way to who it doesn't matter who's on the field. I would just love to see that at this level. So that's what I'll be looking for. Can we still be a team that's super comfortable when we don't have the ball and still making sure we don't collapse on top of each other so that we can transition in a meaningful way? These are a lot of the things that they have to solve. And I think Canada will at least push us a little bit more to, to have to figure out answers for that. Cause Haiti, Martinique, yeah, they're going to come at you. You know, maybe I'll give them five minutes for half or they make it a little bit hard for us. Canada is going to be more like 15, 20, 25 minutes where it's going to be a bit difficult. It's going to be chippy. There's not going to be as much flow and rhythm, but how do we, how do we regain that? Right. And those are the the players that we love to see on the ball. We talked about it in previous podcasts with, you know, John O'Brien, Claudio Reyna, and those types of players that that you can play in any situations and they can help us reestablish that. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, interestingly enough, this U.S. team, and you talk about playing with a back three, I think, one, it's the best lineup we have. But two, we don't have wingers right now. Again, with mm-hmm, Ariola mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. We, we don't have any traditional guys that can get up and back on, on, on the wings outside of our wingbacks, right? So if you if you are putting, uh, maybe we get Reggie Cannon back, but but if not, you've got more and, and, and bring Sammy Vines. Mm-hmm, Getting mm-hmm. those players high and wide, I think, will be really important because on the, on the flip side, and not to get too much into Canada, but it's important for the context of this U.S. team. Of course. Tejon Buchanan was the best player for Canada today. I thought Canada also, uh, not today, but when they played against Haiti, um, I thought I thought uh, Tejon Buchanan was, was very, very busy. And a lot of the attack stemmed from him. So if you're playing in a back three and, you're, and your fullbacks are high and wide or your wingbacks are high and wide, there's going to be these positions. And we saw that with Albert uh, Elis. When he gets into these wide positions, that vertical attack on stretching a team can be very dangerous, right? And, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. those times that you said where you lose the ball in transition, they break that first pressure, the second pressure. Do you have that composure now to, to put out a fire and, and, to, and to put things away? And again, that's what I thought Yule um, had done well in the past. That's what Acosta mm-hmm. will do well in these types of things, to be able to cover that ground to put out fires. But it's going to be interesting to see that the way the, way the U.S., they're going, to have, they're, going to, they're going to be kept a lot more honest throughout um, the game. The flip side to that is I thought Canada against against Haiti struggled to really push their lines out and keep mm-hmm. drawing it like sort of just a reset. And in fact, the goal that that came for Haiti came on the on the fact that they they slowly moved out on a, a chance to to clear their lines and they were able to combine one, two, three, four passes and get it behind a score. And um, having those players in high and wide positions are going to start to draw, you know, eventually push that back line deeper and deeper or force players out of those positions. That's going to create a lot of those pockets. I don't know who's going to fill those in, whether legit can, can pull the strings there or combine with Busio and Acosta. But I, I do think there's going to be those pockets for the U S uh, to attack. If that's the lineup that, that Greg Berhalter rolls out, but there's no unfamiliar, unfamiliar, unfamiliarity here. That's the <laughs> other thing I wanted to say is, is, you know, you know what it was like when you'd get into a gold cup or you'd get into a national team game, you play against Honduras, Guatemala, other players, other teams that had 
throughout the years, a core number of players playing in Major League Soccer. Um, so there's no secrets from Canada. The amount of players that they had, Maxime Cripo stood on his head against Haiti and was very, very good. But there's no mm -hmm. secret to like who the guys are. You know, against mm -hmm. Martinique, you have uh, some ideas and you watch some video. But these are uh, now most of these guys: Osorio, uh, mm -hmm. Kyle Laren when he was, and he's he's hot right now. You know, there's there's just a, I think a, a little bit higher of a, a or a more a closer of a bar between the two teams that uh, you sure. know, they will punish you. Um, well, I'll, I'll jump in and say that you know Canada gave us trouble. We lost in Toronto that game 2-0. When we had our A team, we didn't play particularly well. I thought Canada was very well prepared, and we didn't seem like we had any answers. And they made plays. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game is who's going to step up and make the plays. Right now, I think Canada looks at us, Heath, as, I don't say big brother, little brother, but, but they know they're closing the gap. And they know mm -hmm. that they're hungry to beat us in a way that I don't think we're the same. I don't think we're as hungry to beat them as they are to beat us. And that's going to be a great test for our guys. Now, this particular group of players, maybe that's different because there is some hunger within our group that, that they want to make the team. They want to continue to get minutes, you know, and all that good stuff. Uh, and they're looking forward. So there may be, maybe we can match that, but it's going to be chippy. And I think Canada, if we're going to win, they're going to make us earn that win. And I like that. And I'm glad that we're being faced with that in this particular matchup. And, and it's starting to get closer to being a proper rivalry in some ways. And the more that Canada comes in and beats us up, that's what's going to happen. I will say that if any soft players are going to show up on Sunday versus Canada, it's going to be a long day for them. Like they're going to have to be prepared to get kicked every single step of the way. And, and we're going to see, I think, a little bit of a different look, like which players can handle getting kicked and, and can not get emotional and just get on with the game and which ones is going to rattle them. Right. And they just can't like reengage with what's happening. I think the game, the pace of it's going to be it was pretty wide open in some some moments in the second half, in particular against Martinique going back and forth. I'm like, what am I even watching right now? So that gives me a little bit of some concern because that's a great time where experience does matter. Put your foot on the ball, slow it down. Let's just maintain possession. This isn't the time to make it a track meet. Let's 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 just make them work. Let the ball do yeah. the moving, right? So yeah. so that will be very important as well. But I think when you bring in the Legettes, you bring in the Acostas, you know, if Jossie starts up top with DK, you're going to have that in the, in the spine of the team, which is important. But, but Canada is going to come out. And, and I wonder if they're going to sit back, like you said, against Haiti and kind of adopt that style a little bit. Because I think they have more success against us when they come out and try to punch us in the face. And, and I'm curious as, as to what Canada needs to do, because to what we said at the very beginning, they just need to draw to win the group, whereas we actually need to go out and get the win. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think that this U.S. squad, if they don't go on to win the tournament or they struggle or, or don't get the win against, against Canada, which they need to do in order to win the group and avoid Mexico before the final, mm -hmm. do you think it comes down to lack of international experience? Do you think that's an actual factor that would play in it? Because when I watched large stretches of this game, when they were good, they were very good. But when they were bad, they were very bad. There, and mm -hmm. there, was an, there, was, there was youth that you could see in there. There was inexperience. There was a lack of maturity, a lack of leadership at times where you see, you, you know how it goes where it's like one turnover, okay, no problem. Then the, the next guy gets it, mm -hmm, bad turnover. Mm -hmm. Next guy gets it, bad turnover. And you find yourself five, six minutes down the line and you go, oh my goodness, <laughs> we are so far, like 
we've lost the complete rhythm of the game. And now everybody's trying to make up for that or, or force the next pass. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, who's going to be the one that just grabs that ball back and slows it down. And I think, you know, Busio showed that in a brief uh, bits in the first game of this tournament, but in this one, um, not as much like who's going to be the one that goes, I dictate the flow of play. We're going to keep the ball. We've been chasing it. We're doing doggies. Let's slow down. Do you think that comes down to experience? It does in some capacity. It also just comes down to having some composure. I think Canada is going to probably pull some of that out of our players. They're going to pull out a, you know, playing a little bit quicker. I do think, and you've played in these games before where it's so clear that you're better than the other team. You have almost, almost too much time on the ball, right? So everything starts to become a little bit more casual. And I just don't think we're ever going to have that moment against Canada. Like the pace of the game is going to dictate a little bit more one and two touch, but that one and two touch to your point has to be clean. And you have to give passes that your teammates can actually do something with. And you're not stitching them up with a ball that's bouncing or whatever it may be. And that is where I think we're going to find those fine details and learn more about these players under these types of situations. I cannot wait for this game on Sunday. I can't wait to break it down afterwards. I could see us drawing this one. I'm leaning towards a 2-1 win. I'll definitely raise my hand and, and be biased. I think Canada will get something out of it. And in some ways, and I think I'm putting my coaching hat on, like my proud dad hat, I kind of want to see them score first because I want to see how we respond. And I think we have the guys up top. I mean, Daryl DK is a special player. I think he showed it again tonight. But even he's going to have a challenge with Canada. And, and it's not just him individually. It's where is he picking up the ball, right? These are all these little things. You know, obviously, and against Martinique, we can these guys can come back and get it in those half spaces where Martinique's like, I'm a little too tired. I'm not going to chase you there. Canada's going to be right up your ass. You know what I mean? And they're going to be kicking you. And it's not going to be as easy to control the ball in the same way. And then maybe the thing that you had on against Martinique isn't on against Canada. So how do we solve those problems quickly? I, I, I'm buzzing for it because I think Canada is going to be a great test for us. And I think it's going to show what kind of metal we have as we head into the knockout rounds. I like that. All right, Jimmy. Well, listen, do you have any closing thoughts for us uh, before we send you on your way? I don't. I feel like I just I'm I I'm just excited for the match. I think that's the best way for me to say I'm all day USA. Let's go. I hope we win. But either way, we're going to learn a lot about these players. And I think that's great for us to know about the depth of our pool. I like it. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy. I appreciate it. It's almost like you've played in some of these games uh, <laughs> to play for the national team. And we appreciate you breaking. Listen, down listen, I've, I parlayed uh, no caps being uncapped going into the 2005 Gold Cup. And I played all six games. We won it. And I played in the World Cup a year later. So I'm really pulling for some of these players to have the same type of experience. And I wish them the very best. But yeah, you got to go out there and, and win these games that are in front of you. I love it. I, I can't say I can't say more. You are a living example of the importance of this when you're playing against a Martinique who may not seem like how do you how do you judge anything that comes out of this? Uh, but certainly there's always it's always another moment to, to prove yourself. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for breaking down the U.S. side. Everyone, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll welcome Dwayne De Rosario to talk about the Canadian side. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. 
Welcome back to Kegel Lasso. Jimmy had us covered on the U.S. men's national team front. Now I welcome former Gold Cup winner, Team Canada captain. He holds the record for the most goals scored for Canada. Top five in caps for Canada of all time. Four-time MLS Cup winner, an MLS pioneer, a Canadian football pioneer, and one of Canada's greatest ever athletes. And he's re- recently written an autobiography, which we'll talk about in a bit. Dwayne Rosario, what's going on, man? Good, buddy. That, good seeing you. Thanks for having me on the program. Yeah, of course, of course. So let's start with this uh, Canadian national team as a whole, right? There's a lot of hype similar to the U.S. right now around this crop of players. I guess f- coming from a country like Canada, and it's, it's similar to the U.S., what is what does it mean? Is, is this a golden generation, and what does golden generation mean? Well, um, it, it's an exciting time for Canada, you know. Uh, you know, with 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 all the the hype obviously building around um alfonso davies but we we have to also mention we have a lot of champions right now which is exciting you know we have kyle Lahren, we've have um Atiba hudson winning in turkey we have um uh alfonso davies re- winning in um in, in 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 germany we have jonathan davies winning in france um you know so there, there's a lot of positive things happening happening right now um, amongst the players um, something that has we haven't had in the past. And most importantly, most of them are playing consistently at a high level. So, um, and they're all young, which is, which is another exciting factor. So um, it's good that we're, we're building and branding um, our players on, on the global market. Um, I think when, when we were playing, we had, you know, quite a few of us were playing at big clubs, but um, not, not everyone was playing consistently. And that's something that we, we have right now, which is, which is very important. And it's a huge factor, as you know, especially when you're playing against, you know, um, you know, big competition. Um, let's face it, Canada hasn't really been tested as of yet in terms of, you know, playing a, a world powerhouse. But, you know, I think their next matchup against USA and, and as they as, as hopefully we, we go further into the Gold Cup, they will get um, tested and, and start to really get a taste of, of serious competition. Yeah, you know, you, you talk about, the players being young and, and and we talk about this a lot with, with the U S team is that you don't, you can't be really battle tested until you're battle tested. Right. And they're going through that right now. And obviously no Alfonso Davies in this gold cup, no Jonathan David. Um, but they still have a crop of players. Carl Lahren's on a scoring tear right now. And uh, it looks like he's approaching your goal scoring record. I mean, wanted, wanted to get your take on what you think about him doing well, how you're going to feel if he, if he were to break that mark, I believe he's got 10 goals, uh, 10 goals this year alone um, for yeah. the national team. No, I mean, hey, listen, our records are there to be broken. And, you know, I know it's just a matter of time. And, and, um, uh, and you know, it, for me, it's, it's all good. You know, I, you know it's, it's, it's just a blessing to know um, from where I came from, just to be able to, to, to accomplish that in my career was is something special. And no different than for someone else to, to, to beat what I've accomplished and someone's going to beat him and further down the line, goals are set to, to be broken. And, you know, it's, it's a sign of, 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 of good things to come for me. And I, and I'm, and I'm happy for him, you know, whether it's him, whether it's someone else, um, you know, try to, try to beat us, try to take it to the next level. And I, and I'm, I mean, I'm full support of that. Yeah. So let's talk about this U.S. Canada game. Uh, how do you see them uh, approaching this game? Um, obviously, a, a good crop of MLS players. I think MLS has been a pivotal role in both the development of, of American players, Canadian players as well. Um, 
how do you think they'll roll out with this? Do you think they'll be conservative? Do you think they'll play with a different uh, team than they did uh, against Haiti? I mean, what, guide me on on the direction of where you see, um, you know, them them approaching this match or how they how they play this match. Yeah, well, I hope they approach it just like every other match. Um, as we know, there is going to be a little more bite to that game. Um, you know, Canada and U.S. has always been a, a good, healthy rivalry of, of, of old. And, and um, you know, anytime we meet in a major competition, it only spices things up even that, that much more. I hope we don't play conservative. Um, you know, let's, let's factor in that both teams are missing some, some star power. Um, but it's a good test for some of the young guys to, to prove themselves in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a major tournament. Mm -hmm. So I hope we go there and, and, and play our game and, and take it to them. Canada's on, uh, I'm doing well. We saw USA's last win. I, I know whether it was 6-1 or 7-1. So they're obviously coming into the game with a lot of, lot of momentum as well. And um, it's going to be a great matchup, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, and and you know from playing in a number of tournaments, uh, tiebreakers go, is going to play into the this match, right? Uh, yeah. Canada well, are ahead well, you, on, you on. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, two thousand Gold Cup. Um, a lot of people forget that's how we got in yeah. to, to to the next phase. Actually, we got in through a, a flip of a coin because we were tied. Uh, I can't think it was flip South Korea coin. Wow. Because we were tied on goals, four goals against, right across the board. It was it was even Steven. So, and we had to flip a coin. Um, but yes, goals, four goals against is very important as as you you know going going to the next stage. Yeah, and I believe it goes sort of obviously points, then it's head to head uh, goal difference, and then goal scored. And I believe that's where Canada uh, is is in front by one goal as like the tiebreaker before it goes down into a whole bunch of complicated things. Um, do you think that changes the way Canada approaches this game? Or are they, uh, you know, knowing that they, uh, a draw and a win can get them through? Or do you think that they approach this saying, we want to get we want to get the three points against the U.S.? And, and yeah, if you were to default to a draw, then, then okay. Well, I'm, I'm uh, you know, in my mind, I'm, a, I'm always thinking, you know, you play it to win, right? You always play to win. Um, but being mindful that, you know, a draw is good enough. So, yes, yes, we want to capitalize on our chances. Yes, we want to have supporting numbers for it. But we also don't want to don't want to, um, you know, push push the envelope too much and push too much numbers forward where we're getting count on a counter attack because the U.S. does have transitional speed. They do have um, guys that can finish. We've seen DK's done a scaring towards, um, um, tear as well. So we want to be very mindful on, uh, uh, of that. But we can't play with that mindset of, of we're going to sit back. We have to play the game to win, in my, in my personal opinion. And I, I think everything will work out. As you know, it, it one goal might not seem a lot, but one goal might differentiate between who you're, if you're going to play Mexico or if you're going to play, you know, Honduras next. And you want to try to, if, if you could avoid those, those, those teams, you want to do that in the next round. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, you know, way back when, when, when the U S played, uh, Thailand in the Women's World Cup, and it was like 13-0 or something like that. And they were hugely criticized for running up the score in a game like that. And the I argument was that, hey, you're playing against a lesser opponent, but other people are playing against a lesser opponent as well. Um, so, you know, uh, no disrespect to Martinique, but if, if, if someone's going to put up goals on them, you know somebody else could. And that could be the factor of having to face Mexico in a semifinal or potentially Mexico in a final. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's funny. I even tell my kids in, in my academy, you play to score goals. Let's, let's face it, you know, and, and I remember that very vivid. 
the um the women's u.s national team took took some some backlash towards that and i and i don't get it because mm. that is the game that is the excitement of the game now how you how you manage that and how you celebrate that and how you your demeanor when you score now you got to be a little bit more delicate i think you got to be a little more sportsman like you don't you don't run to the yeah like you know when you're winning for 12 nothing right you, you don't gotta throw in the face but it doesn't mean you don't stop scoring you, you, you know people want to rack up goals people want to beat um goal records you know, Lyron wants to beat my goal records. He's not going to stop at five, six and be like, oh, you know, let me be polite. No, no, you go keep going, beat it, tear it up if you have to and, and keep going. So I'm, I'm a big I'm a big uh, supporter of that. And as you know, goals is everything, you know, goals for goals against do um, accumulate to, to something and could be a difference between who you're playing in the next in, next round. Yeah. Is there one player that stood out to you uh, from this Canadian team? Obviously, a lot of a lot of youth uh, in in this squad. A lot of players who are again going through the motions of of learning how to play in a tournament, learning how to play in big games under pressure. Is there one player that stood out to you so far as as somebody? Maybe maybe they've stood out in the past as well, but that that's just having a great tournament so far for you for the Canadian team. Yeah, I think we mentioned him, and that's Kyle Lahren. Um, It's one that is, is a player that that hasn't really found his his scoring um, expertise, um, at, you know, last few years. It's nice to see him confident in front of the goal because at the end of the day, we're going to need players putting the goals in the back of the net, especially, uh, and let's face it, the Gold Cup is, is pretty much a, um, a preparation for World Cup qualifiers coming up in, in, in a month away. So if we can get our goal scorers scoring goals, getting confidence in front of net, it only is going to serve us um, a, a lot of a lot of joy moving forward. Um, so he's a player that I'm definitely looking to. Um, of course, you know we have uh, guys like Osorio. Uh, it'll be nice to see him sign again on the score sheet. I think he could offer a lot more in terms of the attacking phase and getting 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 some goals. Uh, and it's, it's it's nice to see. Yes, it's good to talk about the youth, but it's also nice to see some um, uh, someone like Hoylet. Uh, out there and, 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 and leading the charge, it, you know, you need that experience, need that veteran leadership. And, and I think he's doing a fantastic job in leading the guys. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I got a, a question for you. Uh, you know, you're obviously multicultural background roots in the Caribbean, you know, how, what is it like for you to see so many Caribbean nations starting to take football development more seriously? We're starting to see them emerge more. You're starting to see more of this dual national play. I know Canada, that's an important thing for Canada and the U.S., you know, recruiting, not recruiting, but, but, but identifying and bringing in dual nationals. Uh, kind of what's the development of that for you seeing the Caribbean nation's growth as well as the importance of, of the dual national role for the Canadian national team? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see, uh, as you mentioned, as, as, a, as a Caribbean heritage, you know, it's nice to see um, that 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 uh, that side getting their their, their respect. Um, let, let's face it, uh, you know, the West Indies and the, the Caribbean has contributed so much to not only MLS, but world, world soccer. We're starting to see Suriname merge. And let's not forget the golden era of Dutch team with with Edgar Davids, with Juliet, with with all these players. They're all from Suriname, Suriname background. You know, most of the players, Terry Henry is, is I, I believe, is Guadeloupe heritage. So a lot of players on the globe market, a lot of players on the U.S. team, Canada team um, are are benefiting from from the talent coming out of uh, raised out of the West Indies. I grew up in that culture. I grew up playing um, Caribbean style football in these leagues, uh, watching my dad play in these communities. So they contribute so much to my style of football to play with flair. But um 
it's nice to see the countries now developing and, and putting uh, putting resources towards the development of sport, um, especially when it comes to soccer in, in these countries. Um, let's face it, it's sad to see Trinidad go through that rough patch. It's sad to see Jamaica go through that rough patch. It's sad to see, you know, we're not seeing teams like Guyana step up now, uh, Suriname step up. And I think it's it, it's good. It's, it's CONCACAF isn't what it was uh, of late. Now we're starting to see these countries emerging. Haiti starting to to, to, to be a force to be reckoned with. And it just creates uh, more positive competition uh, and it makes us as so, so-called the well, U.S. <laughs> mm-hmm. as the bigger countries and Mexico, it only makes them push to, to, to put more emphasis in developing their program and hopefully Canada could, could do the same, which I think they are. Yeah, I spent some time with with uh, some of the folks from CONCACAF and it was really interesting to, to sort of hear their main goals being like, well, it's not just about the U.S. and Mexico and Canada and the few of the other kind of bigger countries. It's about every every country that's inside of the Confederation. And there's so many. I think there's 41 or something like that, 39, 41. There's a lot of nations. And it's yeah. about developing and bringing more opportunities. And it's not just about the product that you see at the highest level that we see on TV and whatever. It's about sort of that trickle down or that grassroots sort of buildup of, of giving more opportunities to players from, 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 from those regions. And, and the Caribbean has so many of those countries. And it's just good, at least to me, to see this rotation of more teams coming in, more competition, some of those qualifying rounds into different competitions, starting to see some of these players emerge and starting to see them pull from other parts of the world that have benefited, right? When you talked about the Dutch national team, they, they, they said that the Dutch national team was borrowing a Caribbean's, uh, a West Indies uh, national team to, to play with because they had so many players coming from there. Right, right. And, and like you said, it's hopefully, hopefully um, this helps build also their leagues, right, in, in, in their respective countries. Um, and you know because it helps it helps develop develop the players um it helps develop especially the grassroots uh, my foundation my dear foundation we've done extensive work throughout the caribbean working inner city programs so i know firsthand the quality and the potential there i mean there's a lot of quality there they just need proper guidance proper um coaching um and 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 um and opportunities is, is what really is needed so hopefully the the caribbean could do they've they've been talking about potentially doing a a, a caribbean league um to support a lot of the smaller countries i think that's that that would be fantastic to help develop the game and um you know, it, like I said, it's nice to see it's nice to see those countries, um, these West Indian countries, doing well. Yeah. So back to the Canada U.S. What's your prediction for this game? Is there any players? You know, you mentioned Daryl DK. Is there any players from the U.S. team that you want to keep that they need to keep an eye out for? Or ones that have impressed you from the from this U.S. side? You know, you know, to be honest, and, and, and with all due respect, I've really been focused on Canada and really been watching watching their development. Um, just because the fact is, you guys, all you guys know the recipes of success. You've done very well in this Gold Cup in the past. You do what needs to be done. Um, people were talking about Mexico in the first game in tie, and I'm just like, come on, man. You, you know, you're gonna have a stumble, and that's the game you wanna you wanna have the stumble. Your first game. Right mm-hmm. now, it's out the way. They scored. They scored their three goals or whatever, two, three goals. Now you're gonna start to see the Mexico that we know they're gonna start coming at it. I know different than the U. Right as 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 the competition gets gets uh, gets more intense, you're gonna see. You know the cream's gonna rise rise to the top. Um, it's up for us now to to match that. Now, can we raise our level? Now, can we can we meet us when they when when it's when we when we meet up? And I and I believe we have the quality to do that. And I'm excited for that match. And uh, um, I'm hoping, of course, uh, Canada pulls it out. 
That's awesome. So give me your give me your prediction for this one. Do you think Canada can pull off the win? And how far do you think Canada can can realistically go in this tournament? Is it is is a is a final unrealistic? No, I think I think winning it is is is, is very realistic. Uh, but we have to we have to earn the right. We have to we have to show what we could do to Mexico. Um, I think to be fair, I think it's going to be a tie game. I think it's going to be a one one game. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be a battle. Uh, I'm really looking forward to 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 how and maybe it's going to be a late score. Maybe it's going to be a late goal for one at one or two countries, and hopefully it's for Canada. But um, you know the real test comes the next game, um, and then the next round. You know it just gets it just gets spicier and spicier because the competition starts to really heat up. So, but I truly believe we have the 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 caliber and the quality to 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 win this Gold Cup. So let's talk about your book. Uh, you just released a autobiography uh, about obviously your life. Uh, what was the process and why did you decide to write this book? Well, um, it, you know, after, you know, you retire, you, 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 you mingle more with the fans. Uh, obviously my work with uh, ambassador work with, with, with Tron FC, I've spoken to a lot of people and, and they mentioned to me, hey, you know, you should write a, bo- a book. I'm pretty sure you have a compelling story. Knew and no, no one really knew my personal my personal story. I've never shared that. I've always been very professional in terms of handling my questions um, and steering it and directing it towards just my sport. Uh, I never like to, to, to go within my, my personal space. But there's opportunity where I started to, to say, you know, what? I'm going to start to journal, write my, write my life story and, and work on writing a book. At the same time, I kind of got a writer's block. I probably got like a page and a half and, and, <laughs> and I didn't, didn't know what direction to go, where to turn. Um, around that same time, a, a sports broadcaster here, Brendan Dunlap approached me with the idea of, of, of writing the book. Um, and I said, dude, I, I you know, let, let's, 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 let's go for it. What was supposed to be more of a soccer story book became more of a personal book. Um, and the reason was because, um, you know, I know there's a lot of kids that are growing up in inner city communities, a lot of kids, a lot of individuals going through a lot of hardship, a lot of difficulties. And I really felt my story could resonate with a lot of people. And if, it, if that could inspire others to do the same, um, for me, it's, it, for me, it's, um, it, it, it's a win. Not only that, is also telling the story of a young kid that grew up in a non-soccer community, non-supportive soccer community, in metro housing community, um, and followed his passion, worked hard, um, tirelessly to, to achieve that and accomplish that as a street kid, overcoming various obstacles. And I think, um, you know, if that story, like I said, could, could help some of these kids growing up in these inner city communities, then for me, the book is a success. Is there anything from the book, you know, for the listeners uh, of the Kegelasso pod, is there anything from the book that you think would be applicable to, to, to anyone or any sort of advice you would give from, from your experiences going through your hardships and, and now having the chance to reflect and tell your story? Is there anything, any sort of uh, one line or one part of the book that, that, that uh, you think would be universally important? Yeah, just the ebbs and flows of life, just the struggles and, and the obstacles and the low moments. How how do you how do you use low moments to 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 come out of that and, and rise above that to 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 do something even uh, that amazes yourself? 
you know, through hard work, through dedication and through um, forgiveness of, of yourself and forgiveness of the situation. I believe everything happens for a reason, but it's up for you to to acknowledge that and, and take everything as a blessing, even though as bad as it might seem or sound or feel at the time, take it as a blessing and it's, and it's there for you to 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 better yourself and learn from that experience. Uh, we're just coming from obviously a COVID time. A lot of families, a lot of individuals uh, have gone through a lot of mental trauma, a lot of a lot of difficult moments. Uh, family members sick, passing away. I lost my father last year. Um, so how do you transition from that? And how do you grow from that to become a better person? And, I, and that's what um, my life, my book, which is called Dear My Life is all about. Right. And Devro, my life, you can find it on Indigo and Barnes and Noble. Is there anywhere else that, that uh, people can find this book uh, to be able to, whether it's uh, a physical copy or, or, or a, a digital download? Yeah. I mean, you can find out on my personal website, DwayneDeerZero.com. Uh, but as you mentioned, you can find it on, on all major book outlets, um, Indigo, Chapters, and, um, you know, of course, your, your support is much needed. I also talk uh, in depth about the, the challenges, as you know, playing in the MLS, you know, at the start and going through all those um, obstacles and the growth of, of the game and, and what that was like. So I tell a very vivid picture about that and my experiences of, 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 of that, um, you know, playing in the MLS, which I think a lot of the readers would find exciting as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Dwayne. It's been it's been a, a pleasure chatting with you. Obviously, we've known each other for a long time, um, and I wish you all the best. Obviously, you've done so much uh, for the game, not just in Canada but in the U.S. And I appreciate you taking the time to to share a little bit of your journey. And I and I look forward to reading your book. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Got to get you those Dero headphones as well. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. Jimmy and I will be with you guys all Gold Cup long. You can follow the pod on Pod on Twitter, and you can uh, ask us any questions you want. Hopefully, we can get to them, add them to the show, and uh, have a good old time. And obviously, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Thank you all so much, and we will see you on Sunday. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.